Hey guys, welcome to the Babylon Pastors Podcast, sponsored by ODG Apparel. I am one of your hosts, Michael. And I'm Rob. Glad you're here to listen in while we talk about church, theology, and everything hey in between. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. As I'm assuming, you're still listening in isolation. And if you're not, you may be listening while you're now allowed to go outside and run, or perhaps driving your car to go to a thing called work. I don't know. I don't know where you're at listening to this, but, but I'm going to assume it's an isolation and that you've listened to every other podcast. You've watched every Netflix show you can, and now it's brought you to this podcast. And you go, this is all I got left to listen to. So welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, so the confidence level is just awesome. I, it's it's right next to myself. Uh, what do they call that? Um, esteem? Huh? <laughs> esteem? Yeah, self-esteem. That's what they call that. I haven't. I don't know. We'll just, go, we'll just call it humility. It's godly then. It's fine. There you Humi- go. Changing You're the so name. Humble. You're yeah. so humble. Uh, so last week we talked about maybe some personal takeaways from this whole thing. This week we're talking about takeaways from the church. Woo woo. Yeah. So in, in my mind, uh, there are a couple of different avenues for this one. Um, because there are like those, the spiritual takeaways that, that you hope that like areas that I hope that our church grows through this. And then I think there are also kind of a set of takeaways that um, like how we've had to do church, um, what that has looked like. How do we come back to it? Is it just snap your fingers and back to normal? Well, and Probably some people have no interest in coming back to the same way before. I've seen that comment online a lot. Yeah. Well, and then there are probably some people who have no interest in coming back and changing anything. Yeah. Like, nope. Everything's just the same. Right. So, so it's probably a pretty wide spectrum. Yeah. So let's address the, cause I feel like the, the spiritual takeaways we can get through a little bit quicker because they're not like material touchable things. Um, and then we can probably move on to the actual, how everyone is now a televangelist. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go with spiritual takeaways first. Um, we'll start with you because you're the pastor uh, and uh, you've probably uh, dealt with this a little bit more um, as far as with your congregation firsthand. I've actually grown a lot in humility. Um, I'm really good at it. Uh, I'm the most humble person there ever was. Yeah. Uh, no, I my think... book, <laughs> humbleness and how I achieved it. <laughs> uh, um, okay. All right. So I think, uh, one <laughs> that this, uh, is doing is it's either forcing um not forcing isn't the right word it's it's going to bring out whether uh fathers are spiritual leaders or not that One. is for true um, yes yeah because uh, you know as well as i do there are lots of dads out in the world that are absent or are uh, a lot of people in america depend on the church to do all of the formation stuff with their kids and the most you'll get out of them is, hey, what did you learn in Sunday school? Uh, okay. <laughs> That's a pretty common answer. 
<laughs> right. No, it totally is. So um, this this is an opportunity, I think, for uh, dads to either rise up and kind of be that spiritual leader that they should be um, in their homes, or at the very least, learn that, wow, I'm not, and I need to do better at this or do it in the first place. So I think that's one thing. Um, another thing is that uh, specifically, I, well, I think that um, another thing that the, that the American church, uh, his, especially historically, um, is sometimes not good at is depending on one pastor to do all of the visiting, visitation, whatever you want to call it, um, wh where all of the pastoral care is done by one person. And this has made that impossible because right at this moment, the entire flock needs to be checked in on, needs to be, you know, rather than, you know, a lot of times as a pastor, you have um, at least a, a group of folks who are pretty self-sufficient, you know, like they'll show up at church, they'll come to the Bible studies, they'll, whatever you got going on in your church, they're there, they're doing their thing. Um, and if there's an issue, you're probably going to hear about it because you're with them. <laughs> so yeah. it doesn't take actually reaching out all the time. But right now, you're not with anybody. And so um, we've actually uh, divided up everybody on the First of all, this is an, uh, an important takeaway. Membership is important right now, right? Because your name being on a list is what so people, people know you. On, right? <laughs> Don't rely on my VA screwed up memory to, to remember every single person <laughs> that's not on that list right now. Um, so just a, just a thought, uh, uh, side note, but, um, but our, our congregation has been through this has been divided up amongst all of the elders who do the visiting and check in on people, call people, do whatever we need to do. Um, but on top of that, I've, I've heard of, uh, the congregation kind of reaching out to the congregation. Uh, which is super cool. So it, this is not only an opportunity for fathers to um, be spiritual leaders that they should be. It's also an opportunity for people in general um, who maybe have never really dabbled in shepherding to do that yeah. and care for one another. Um, instead of just showing up, you know, one of the big takeaways for the church is um, you, we're going to probably come back now we're going to have to be reminded of this because it's not natural, but we're at first, we're going to come back and really appreciate one another. Right. And really appreciate the fact that we can have community. And I haven't that. seen you for so and, long. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even like you, but give me a hug. wait, we can't, you know, yeah, it's going to be weird, but yeah. yeah. Well, and the, as far as like what you said with the spiritual takeaway part of it, as far as the discipleship at home, I think that's a major thing, especially so let's assume too that, I mean, let's, there's some people that have never had to spend very long at home, right? So if, I know whenever I was between jobs, um, which would probably be my best like connection to somebody that's laid off right now that's home. Like when you're used to going, 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 and then you don't anymore, you lose your mind. That first week when I was between jobs, um, two years ago is when it happened. Like that first week, I almost drove Christina crazy. 
because I had yeah. been going a thousand miles an hour and then the brakes got shoved on and like I still wanted to go a thousand miles an hour but I didn't know what to do so I cleaned the house like top to bottom in a day and then I was like what else is there to do like I didn't and she was just like just play with the kids I'm like I, but there's got to be something to clean organize there's got to be a task to be accomplished um, and I think a lot of people had probably were doing that and then now they're at home they've never been forced to be uh, at home around their family for longer than a couple hours because they would work all day come home have dinner go to bed rinse repeat do the same thing again and now there's probably people at home, dads and moms, they're like, who are these little things that make messes all the time and want to hang out? Like, who are these people? Um, and I think that spiritual implication of that, going back to that, is that, like, where are your priorities at? Because it'd be really easy to sit down in front of a television and veg out and do nothing. Um, but that says a lot about spiritual implication-wise, where your heart's at, like, where your idol's at identifying those um so not only like you know so if you're sitting at home and like you've been home for five weeks now or a couple weeks depending on where you're at and like your biggest motivation is get up and watch tv and then maybe eat a little bit and then go back to bed that i mean that that should be showing you where your idols are what you're worshiping Um, yeah and like you said especially with the the dads leading their family part of it like if you've never done devotions with your kids before, if you don't do family devotions, like that is evidently apparent now because you're literally getting at best two hours of, uh, uh, you know, your service on television, which is where everything else is already coming through. I actually made a meme about it the other day. Like at this point, five weeks in is like, all right, let's go watch service again on Sunday morning. Like, it's just a matter of, it's like, okay, it's just one more thing on the television to watch along with all the other things that we're already doing. So if you're not like as a family, like deliberately sitting down and, you know, getting in the Bible, not, I'm not talking about like for an hour. I'm talking about like devotional time, you know, yeah, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like if you're not doing that, that should be readily apparent to you. Like you're not, first of all, you shouldn't be relying on the church on Sunday morning to give you all of your food anyway. Um, and you definitely shouldn't be relying on a 20, 30 minute sermon on your television, which is where all your Netflix and Disney plus and content comes through already to do, to think that that's going to equal out anything. Yeah. So as far as the spiritual implications part, this is putting it in your face that I really need to be in the word more. or I really need to appreciate the gathering more. or I really need to uh, just be reading reading more not necessarily just about the bible but you know just just books about theology or about you know god's character i have okay i'm never gonna read through all these but like i have all these that i can read right now and so it's just a matter of like are you gonna watch yeah yeah you have books on bookshelves these are just the t4g books that i got that i will never ever finish because i don't have that time unless i don't go to work then i'll have time but um apostles creed book yeah, that came that came in. It did. I haven't read it, but dude, I've got that one. I've got this. It's just I've got so many books. I should just ship some of them to you because you could probably read them. Um, and I'll mention actually, I've got this one keyed up because this is a good one that I'll mention here in a minute. But um, spiritual implication wise, yeah, that's that's what should be apparent is that not that we're ever going to be in the word enough as our family as as families, but 
it should be an indication for us that we're probably already not in it enough yeah. in order to disciple our families correctly. If I'm speaking to dad specifically, like this should be an indication that even if you were already doing it, there's probably places that you can tweak to do it. Um, because I'll tell you right now, Disney plus and Netflix and whatever your other kids are watching are not going to disciple them well. So you should at least have that in your mind and saying, Oh wow, this is even more apparent now. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that's, that's, um, one of the takeaways I think for in general for the Christian is, um, kind of what you were talking about that how, how often not only as a, family and spiritual leader of your family but just with your own personal you know thing with God with your own personal walk your own relationship with him what does what does that look like because if you're the type of person who's been um because of work or whatever there's always excuses that mm -hmm. seem relevant and and worthy of being excuses but if you're the type of person who always puts off reading um, and that's specifically the word or studying the word praying if you if you specifically put that time off you're going to notice right now more than ever mm -hmm. um, when you are cranky at home uh, because you've been around home too much or when you're all of the this I actually was able to talk about this um, Sunday um, when we we've been walking through Matthew and we just so happened to be at the um, verse, uh, eight in chapter five, which is the pure in heart, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. And, uh, so I get to talk about purity of heart and, and, uh, some of that, um, talk was that the, at the end of it was, um, that one of the things that's going on right now likely is that all of the things about you that are ugly um, are coming to the surface, you know, like there are things that people will discover about themselves during something like this, that they didn't even know was a thing, uh, before. So, um, I think for personal growth and just within the Christian life, this is a, a golden opportunity for you to discover areas that you're really weak in and work on them. Right. And, and repent and, and, um, spend time with God yeah. working on so. Well, and on a close for this, for me, before we move on to the, the, the physical stuff that the church can take away from as far as digitally and stuff, yeah. uh, for me, it was really apparent that they're like, even now, so now that even though not a lot has changed in our lives, but I've, I've heard it from a lot of other people that you know, how much has changed that it really came to my mind that a lot of people don't have like a, a routine uh, and when the little routine that they do have is taken away, like everything crumbles. So nobody like people are sleeping until two o'clock in the afternoon, vegging out on Netflix all day, and they don't have a purpose. They don't have a drive. There's nothing for them to do. So even for me, even not that a lot's changed, I thought, okay, well, how can I adapt that into my life, right? So I've, I've put a little routine in my day in the morning now um, because of just learning, oh, okay, well, there's some things I can tweak. So I have an hour drive to work. So the first 15 minutes from point A to point B, I'm just going to use that as my prayer time. From point A to point C, I'm going to use that to listening to the word. And then from point C to D, I'm going to listen to a podcast or something. Whereas beforehand, I would have just listened to that podcast the whole time. 
Sure. Yeah. Um, but it's really been an apparent, I bring that up because I, I realized even though my routine hasn't changed hardly at all, I'm doing the same thing I always did every day anyway, that, yeah. um, that there were little things from seeing that, you know, everybody else's routine falling to the ground and if they didn't have one uh, outside of that very skeleton one anyway, was that, yeah. oh, I can tweak that and I, I can do things, you know, in my life that I wasn't, uh, like prayer I was already doing at another time of the day, but it was at home, you know, when there was a lot of other stuff taking my attention from it. When I'm trapped in my car, I'm just going to shift that a little bit. So anyway, all that to say that I think when we all see the routines are gone, like you said, things bubble up and say, okay, well, what can we do to tweak that or change that or adapt to that situation? Just mm -hmm. again, that God's just a great gift to us that he's saying, hey, hey what are you going to do now that you don't have anything to do? Um, so now on the digital side of it, how's it feel? How's it feel to be a televangelist now? Uh, you got your suit on. You're blowing the coronavirus away. Asking for donations. How's it going? Well, no, I'm actually um, in the middle, interrupted by this uh, meeting. I'm actually in the middle of writing my letter of resignation. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not good. Uh, <laughs> did you listen to that David Platt sermon again that we talked about? Yeah, no joke. That was rough dude that was really rough. um but one that I'll, I'll probably actually download and save somewhere on my computer so i can listen again like randomly because that man convicting anyway yeah off subject off topic. <laughs> televangelist all that what have you guys done i don't think you had any sort of online presence before that so how's that changed so we had we had an online presence in the sense that um, oh, that's true you did have an audio version didn't you yeah yeah so the sermons were audio um with the kind of the slides with audio behind it we had uh we had a facebook page um and if there was anything major or an article or i don't know whatever share it some of those artsy pictures with verses written on them whatever um but this has completely flip-flopped a lot so um, we've, dude, it's been a wreck. I'll just be honest. It's, it's, <laughs> it's been a wreck. So we, the very first little bit, um, I think the first week that we did fake church is what I'm calling it. Um, <laughs> so for those of you who are watching or listening to this and you always go to church, I'm putting the quote fingers up you always go to church um by watching it that's fake uh, church. that's not oh, the real thing <laughs> i would like to think people don't do that before the pandemic but i know that in my heart that they have so mm -hmm. so anyway the first week we started doing fake church right i i pre i sat um no what was it it was sunday morning so our worship team typically comes in on saturday practices at some point like in the afternoon and then Sunday morning, they'll arrive and practice, run through things one more quick time at eight. And then we, our church, our gathering starts at 10. So um, we kind of at first didn't really know what to do. So we, we went ahead and they did their practice. And then we thought, all right, so tomorrow morning, we'll get here earlier, 730. And we'll, you can run through it real quick and then we'll just Go right record. Into record it, and then post it, recorded at 10. So 
when you have the bandwidth that we pay for here, that's impossible. Okay. <laughs> Straight up. The first week, we had everything recorded by, I mean, probably 850, something like that. Mm -hmm. So when I, when I record and post a video on YouTube or Facebook or something, I mean, they're like five, seven, ten minutes. Yeah, it doesn't take very long. We recorded a whole hour long deal, man, and started the upload to YouTube process at like nine. Mm -hmm. No way, Jose. Yeah, people, people weren't able to tune in and watch that at any time until oh man it was probably 11 15 or something like i i your internet I, speed is no bueno at all <laughs> terrible i i finally gave up and closed my laptop and went home this is a brand new macbook pro 16 inch it was not the computer it was the internet so i i just i took it home and started the process over it took way less time yeah um but Learned, learned our lesson right away with that. Don't right? upload on the church internet. <laughs> so we, the second week, I'd done research by then, and I don't know if you've ever heard of OBS. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. Software, yeah. So um, for those who don't know, OBS is essentially a way to go live on social media or YouTube or something uh, with pre-recorded material. You can do that. So, um, so the second week, we did everything Saturday. So they came a little bit earlier than they would normally do on Saturday, ran through practices, whatever. Um, and then we recorded the whole service, the whole gathering that we would usually do. So that hour long thing. So then I could take it home, edit a little bit, had more time to do it. That worked pretty well. Um, and, but even the internet at my home wasn't set up for live streaming, right? Because that takes a little more oomph yeah. to, upload it it's one thing to upload it and post a video that's that doesn't take anything um but to live stream you need a certain amount of upload speed so that was a big thing um and it was glitchy and whatever else mm -hmm. and uh everybody's dude, watching at home being like your face looks like on dial up you look like a minecraft character it was bad and i i actually finally learned uh it, this whole thing has actually saved me about uh, 15 bucks a month on internet because okay. I found out the competitor here in town, I could actually get gigabit uh, internet or cheaper for two years. Uh, so that was, that was a cool deal. Whatever trash company you had before, it's like, ah, stupid pandemic. <laughs> we, yeah. we had him. So um, it's definitely been a learning here. Oh, and two weeks ago. So two weeks ago we're uh, so we have, our setup is we have uh, two screens up in the front with the lyrics and whatever else, the typical kind of slideshow on it. Um, we have the screen upstairs that the tech looks at when they're working with Proclaim presentation software. And then we have a screen in the back of the sanctuary that the worship team will look at, the confidence monitor. So there are three separate screens um, as far as the computer is concerned. So the computer that it was a Mac mini and depending on which one you got is old. It's even the newest one's old from 2012. Oh yeah. Mm. 
and it straight fried. <laughs> the gas, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, my port stopped working. And this is completely separate from pandemic. Right? Yeah. It has nothing to do with it. It just had some bad timing, right? So the HDMI port stopped working. Uh, the, the other two screens I had had to kind of rig somehow, like duct tape stuff together to make it work kind of a thing. And then um, on top of that, the I, I had, dude, so I had uh, Proclaim presentation software. That's what we use for our slides and stuff. So I had that running. That's not huge as a program. It's like running PowerPoint, just about, maybe a little more robust. The fact that it can run on a Mac Mini from 2012 says a lot about it. Not taking right. a lot of, yeah. Well, um, so <laughs> we we had this had two gigs of RAM. Two, so uh, <laughs> two. Both of those were just chugging along as hard as they could. <laughs> oh man, it's like Thomas the Tank Engine pulling an actual train. That's what this was like. So um, we we had that going. I had to get it over with. Dude, I so we had we had Proclaim running, and then I opened the I opened Google Chrome. An internet browser, okay. A pretty, and, a pretty, a pretty downed one too. As far as they do a good job yeah. of conditioning. When when both of those things were on, anywhere you click, I had to think, dude. It was so bad. And then so finally, it was just like, look, everything we do is virtual right now. Mm -hmm. Can't do this. <laughs> this is impossible. So, long story short. We, this is uh, one of the reasons that even as businesses, as churches, as people, you want to do the, you know, planning ahead monetarily. Uh, so we were able to go out and get a new Mac mini mm -hmm. with 32 gigs of RAM. Hey, there you go. So we're never going to have to worry about that, at least not for a long time. Yeah, not for a while. So um, it runs like butter now. It's awesome. But uh, yeah, so but it, dude, it's definitely been a learning thing. And we've we've really changed our Facebook presence. That's totally different now. Um, meaning, what I like one of the areas that I think people connect to me is that way. Like I'll post videos and mm -hmm. different announcements. Those are all kind of all in Facebook. Well, I'll be honest with you. I know more about your church now than I ever did before. Like, cause I follow your page. <laughs> like every time they come up, I'm like, oh, I don't know that guy. But apparently, yeah. you know, this is happening. So. <laughs> I don't even go to your church and I know more about your church than I did before. Well, you know, luckily after this, we'll probably be live streaming more. So you can just attend church that way. Well, so, so on our end of it, same thing. Right? So our pastor actually was funny. This last sermon he just did on it. He mentioned, he goes, I was really hard on social media for a really long time, but <laughs> it allows, I mean, that's what he said. Now it allows us to do this. So I can't be too hard on it, but we didn't have, so nobody ever, would have at our church unless being forced into it would have said, Hey, we need to do, we need to do a video version of this. We need to stream it. Nobody would have said that. Um, because again, a lot of the mentality is like you said about the fake church. I mean, it's a lot of the same mentality. Like if you want to come, you need to, you need to come. Um, for a while they had recorded it and given it you know, to the elderly that couldn't come or didn't have an internet connection. That's sort of thing. And as a supplemental thing to where, hey, you can't be here, but here's what we can do to help you. Um, the first week it happened, or the first time, when we found out we weren't going to be out of church, um, I, I messaged the pastor. I was like, hey, what's our plan? What are we doing? Because I have equipment just from the in Instagram page that I use. And I was like, I can just 
bring that down and we can use the same setup. Uh, so that's what we've been doing. We've been, uh, we don't have uh, a license uh, to stream worship music. And I looked up how much that was and I was like, uh, I don't know if you want to do this. And they are like, we don't want to do that. So <laughs> yeah. basically what we do is we just record his sermon uh, on the, on my camera. I bring it home. We always record it like Thursday night, Saturday night, bring it home. I edit it through. We put down in the descriptions songs that we would have normally sang and encourage yep. the congregation. It's like this, those you know, lyrical videos you see on YouTube uh, yep. and say, you know, Hey, encourage the congregation, Hey, pull this up and sing it together as a family. Um, I mean, so that way you have a little bit of family worship in there. The first week we didn't do that. And uh, at, at our house here, uh, we live like literally right next to my mother and father-in-law. So we went down to watch it with them. And my father-in-law, he leads music a lot at church. So he already had a hymnal at the house. So we just kind of did that. And I thought, huh, we didn't like, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I didn't. I just assumed that people would do something. And so that next week, that's what me and the pastor talked about. I was like, Hey, let's put some songs in there because I mean, we have a hymnal, but that's just out of coincidence. A lot of people, I mean, nobody's jacking hymnals from the church, taking them home thinking there might be a <laughs> pandemic. So like we need to like give them an option here to, you know, yeah. to sing something. Like, even if, I mean, I'm assuming some people were probably playing some worship music they had or something, but this way we're all singing the same thing. It's, it's as much as a community as we can be without being together. Um, and uh, so we've been doing that, posting it online. Luckily we have a prayer chain text groups that go around. So that was already set up anyway. So okay. we just shoot that link out and then everybody's got it. So we don't have to worry about distribution because um, I'd say a good portion of our congregation, 75% is on like um, is on Facebook, but we have, I mean, a good 25% of our congregation is elderly. They don't have a smartphone. They don't want the internet. They don't care about the internet. Okay. So, but they do have, um, the ability to receive those text messages. And it's not, they don't have the internet. It's just that, that unless something like this was going to happen, they're not going to get on. Um, so this way we can shoot it out and it goes on YouTube. We haven't even tried live streaming. I'm not interested. Like we're just like, it's just as easy to pop it on YouTube and then they can watch it whenever they want. Um, and to be honest with you, all the pastor friends I've talked to, and I hope if you guys are listening to this, uh, it's not a shock to anybody, but no one's doing a real legitimate live live stream. They're recording it and then they're shooting it out to you. Even if there's four service times, they're just shooting the same stuff out to you four times. So, you know, whatever. Uh, I so think, uh, I think the good thing, um, the, the one, and seriously, the one good thing about live streaming, of course, we're live streaming pre-recorded stuff like you're yeah. saying. Um, but the one good thing about it that, that we've, that I've noticed. So there was a week, um, like I said, that we didn't have the connection mm -hmm. to really do it right. So then I went back, I made the announcement and was like, listen, we're not doing live stream because we want you to be able to worship and, and do this thing. So, um, so instead of that, because it's glitchy, we're just going to post a video. Um, so we did that, but. Uh, went back to live streaming the next week because we upgraded our internet at home. Yeah. So that's where I do it. Um, but we went back to live streaming. The reason we did was because there actually were a few uh, people from our church 
that were watching live and it did simulate some yeah. form of togetherness right so that that part was kind of cool you could see kind of see the ver the expressions on people's faces or what they would have been yeah. um as they were like good morning family or whatever typing it and people so yeah and that that's what some of the cool. other pastors have said too they have our church and again I, this is a total church by church scenario sure. our church um there's just not there's not been a demand for that but there have been other churches other pastors that i've talked to that are similar to you they're saying hey they'll type comments in while it's going on there's actually churches that have people that are specifically set up to respond to that interaction to make sure that you know there is some interaction and it does give them there is one pastor that i talked to because that's what i asked him i said i mean your people know that it's not live right it's like yeah they totally know it's not live but uh it gives them sort and this goes back to the routine thing i was talking about it gives them a routine to look to every like so they know at sunday morning at 8 11 and 3 there's going to be a service so it's something yeah. built into where it gives them a routine that says hey even though we know it's not live at this time, that's when we're going to, you know, attend church. So, yeah, I definitely, I know I'm downplaying it, making a joke of it. In my community, it makes no sense. But uh, for other people, I can definitely see where it would um, be helpful. But the interesting thing on the YouTube side of it, and I'm sure you have those same statistics whenever you're like live streaming it. But I can see how far the average person goes into the sermon before they drop off. <laughs> so... <laughs> I know some of y'all aren't watching all the way through. So <laughs> it shows like it, it gives you a graph on the YouTube analytics, which is hilarious because you're like about five minutes, 25% of you just, you just, you click out <laughs> and then it just keeps going. So that's interesting statistics. It's like almost pastoring and watching people fall asleep. Only it's just analytical and you can do it. You can just see it happening. Uh, you, you know, at these times, this is where most people check out. Virtually. You see when people virtually are just like, you know what? I'm done with this. <laughs> yeah, it's time for NCIS. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, uh, so, so what are your plans going on? So this doesn't go too long. But uh, yeah. obviously, we've all had to adapt to this new thing of going online. Um, so what are the plans after we, whenever it happens, go back to church? What are your yeah. guys' plans? Uh, are you um, still going to keep doing this? Have you found it helpful enough to keep doing it? Yeah, so here's here's the thing about that. I've actually just been thinking about that. Um, and I'm assuming we're already around that half hour mark. I forgot to hit my little timer. But I think we're, we're probably already at. And so I'm wondering if uh, we should make everyone wake. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And uh, next week we talk about um, going back to church. And then the following week, the last week we can talk about, because frankly, by the time people see this, we're going to be back in church. You think? I'm not, I'm not. Oh, you will be. I'm not confident that we will be. Yeah. Well, North Dakota has been, you know, Apparently pretty late. Yeah. Out. It's not, it's not been really. We live terrible. next to Kentucky <laughs> in which Andy Brashear's like, you can't go anywhere or I'll kill you. <laughs> Stone them. So that yeah. we live close enough to Kentucky. It's just funny to see all the different governors addressing this, but you're right. We'll talk about this here in a little bit. Hey guys, we're going to keep you hanging. What do we do when we go back to church? That'll be we next week. Church physically, for one. 
Well, yeah, I think we've established we don't count this as necessarily. <laughs> it's fake church. All right, guys, we will talk to you next week about that. See you right. <laughs>